The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Hey everybody, good morning. Welcome, welcome to Coastal Community Church. I'm Pastor Chris. Uh, great to have you with us today. Hey, we'd also like to thank our, our guest musicians with us today, our drummer and our keyboardist. Thank you guys for uh, serving with us today. Hey, and uh, speaking of our awesome band and team and vocalist and, and that, uh, hey, we have, it's in your bulletin, in fact, uh, worship team auditions. Do you play an instrument? Can you sing? Uh, would you like to sing in front of Simon Cowell for an audition? Um, we have that. It's coming up. Um, De- Thursday, uh, for practice, Thursday, December the 1st. And so if you uh, play an instrument, uh, if you can sing, uh, we'd love, by the way, to find a male vocalist here at our church that can, uh, uh, that can sing. That's important. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, you play an instrument. By the way, also, if you're interested in serving uh, in our tech team, if you're interested in any of that, uh, contact. Uh, uh, there's Christopher, his, his email, uh, his phone number. But just to make it simple for you today, on the back of your Connect card, you can literally just write, you know, worship team, I'm a singer, I'm a... I'm an uh, instrumentalist or whatever. Put that down there and we will follow up with you. Uh, by the way, I have a couple of other little things. Uh, man, wasn't last week awesome, Children's Day? That was a lot of fun, wasn't it? I know you're expecting... Um, that, was, that, was a, that was a lame spattering of applause. Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, you were maybe expecting Jam Pastor Chris again today, but you got me. So um, anyway, uh, hey, if you're interested in serving in children's ministry, and I know Janet came up on stage last week and told you about all the different opportunities to serve, this also uh, is in your bulletin. And so take a look at that if you're interested uh, in serving in our Coastal Kids Children's Ministry. There's a lot of things that go on back there, not just teaching, by the way. Uh, you know, the, we, they need assistance, they need people with, for cleaning and greeting and all kinds of things. All that information is in here, and you very simply could just uh, check what you're interested in, fill out your contact information on the top, fold that, put it in the blue offering buckets at the end, and they will take care of that. One other uh, volunteer opportunity that I want to let you know about as well, Uh, it's not in your bulletin, not on the Connect card or anything, on the announcement sheet, Uh, but we have a security team here at Coastal. Uh, You can't see them right now because they're all ninjas. And... um, (laughs) But if you're interested in wanting to, uh, to join, be a part of the security team, uh, just on the back of your Connect card, write security, and we will follow up with that as well. There's just a lot of great places to serve here at Coastal, and we make no apologies for challenging people to serve because we believe that Jesus, we believe what Jesus said, and that is you find your life by giving your life away in service to others. And we, we have the opportunity here at Coastal to serve God by serving people uh, through a lot of different ways, whether that's the worship team, the tech booth, uh, security, Coastal Kids, on and on and on and on. Lots of great opportunities uh, to serve. Well, we are, we're toward the end of this uh, series that we started uh, back uh, early fall called Unshakable. Uh, we're getting toward the end. This is part six today. And uh, today I want us to talk about the storm of family problems, family issues, family conflict. Nobody here has ever been through that storm, right? No one's going through that storm uh, right now. I know some of you are, are elbowing people right now. First of all, let me say this. Let me just begin this message by, by stating the obvious, but sometimes I think we need to be reminded of this. Uh, there is no such thing as a perfect family, okay? There's not. There's no such thing as a perfect family because there's no such thing as perfect what? People and families, you ready for this? Your family, your family, your precious little children, your family is made up of selfish, sinful people, okay? 
And so when you put two and three or four or five of those selfish, sinful people all together, what are you going to have? Problems, conflict. You're going to have a mess. You're going to have the, you know, fill in the blank, your family, right? I mean, that's true. Having a strong family, having a great family, having a healthy family is not the absence of conflict. It's not. It's the ability and the commitment to face that conflict, to face that storm, to go through it, and then to come out stronger on the other side. Okay, that's a healthy family. In Mark 3.25, Jesus said this, if a house is divided against itself, so what's he talking about there? Division, unresolved conflict. He says that house cannot what? It can't stand. It's going to fall. It's going to crumble. Well, this morning, here's what we're going to do. I want to give you some practical help and give you eight steps to standing strong and remaining unshakable when you're facing conflict in your family, whether that's your marriage, your children, your family, okay? So let's talk about it. Take some good notes today because I promise you this is going to uh, be helpful for, for all of our families. We're, we, we all go through this. Uh, the starting point, number one, to resolving conflict in the home is commit your life to Christ. Commit your life to Christ. I really believe that is the bottom line. And by the way, listen to me. I am not, I'm not talking about church attendance here. I'm not talking about religion. There's an awful lot of people today who have religion and they don't know Jesus. They don't, they don't have real Christianity. I am talking about a personal, daily love relationship with God through Christ. But here's what I believe. Here's the principle, though. You cannot ultimately have peace with other people, the peace that God wants us to have, until first you have peace with Him. And the Bible says that if I'm not a Christian, if I haven't committed my life to Christ yet, believe it or not, I'm actually in opposition to God. I'm in conflict with Him. You know, I'm still doing my own thing. I, I do what I want to do. And when, I, when I'm having conflict with God vertically, it is going to eventually spill over into relationships horizontally. And I really believe that a lot of family problems today, a lot of family conflict would, would be solved, or at least you would have the power and the strength and the resources to solve them if everybody in the family would gather around the throne of Christ and really give their life to Jesus. There, there would be harmony. There would be unity. Now, so what I'm saying is that's the foundation. You know, and there, and there are quite possibly some of you that are here today that have been thinking about that. You know, for weeks, for months, maybe even for years. Open up your life to Christ. Become a believer. Take that, that step of faith. Ephesians 2.16 says, As parts of the same body, our anger against each other has disappeared. For both of us have been reconciled to God. And so the feud has ended at the cross. Wow. Man, what a beautiful verse. What's he saying? He is saying that, listen to this. When Jesus is in you and Jesus is in me, Jesus has a way of figuring out how to get along with Jesus. And that's true in your family. That's true with your, with your spouse. You know, many of you could say something like this. You know, before I became a believer, honestly, I don't think I had a lot of motivation to resolve conflict. We'd have a conflict or we'd have a fight and I'd go, that's your problem. You know, or bring it on, right? But now the Holy Spirit lives within me. 
And he not only gives me the desire to make things right when there's a strained relationship. You ready for this? He gives me the power to do it, to make things right. What I'm saying is that you would be amazed at the power of reconciliation that comes to, in, into your life when the people in your family are living with Jesus on a moment-by-moment basis. That's the foundation for conflict resolution. That's where it starts. And if you don't get anything else, make sure you get that. Now, two, after you've settled that issue and you, you've crossed that line of faith and the Holy Spirit is living within you, number two, talk to God about the conflict. Talk to Him, okay? Listen to me. Before you talk to that person that you're upset with in your family, you talk to God about it. You pray about it. You know, you might actually end up solving it right there. In fact, James 4, 2 is very revealing. It says this, you quarrel and you fight. You do not have because you do not what? What's he say? You do not, is it on the screen? Can you not see that? There we go. Okay. <laughs> if you don't put it up there, Pastor Chris is going to call you out. Okay. You do not have because you do not what? Ask God. Pray about it. Again, um, Get this, because this is, again, one of the most important things you're here, you're, here, you're here today. Many of the conflicts that we have in life happen when we're expecting other people to meet needs that ultimately only God can meet. You see, many times you're, you're looking to someone else in your family. You're looking to your husband, your wife, your children, or, or things, or, or yourself to meet needs. And, and God is saying, I want you to ask me. You know, the, the, the source of your anger, the, the solution to your conflict is, is not to fight with each other, but it's to ask me. That's what he's saying. You know, I've heard people say, well, if I could just get married, all my problems will be solved. All my needs will be met. Anybody want to give a testimony about the, the lie of that one there? Okay. Now, listen, and I mean that sincerely, no matter how wonderful that other person is. You, you, it, it was never intended to be that way. You're never going to meet someone who can meet all your needs. They, they can't. God designed you in such a way that only he can do that. Go, don't go looking to somebody else to meet all of your deep inner needs. You're not going to find that. You see, look to God. And so when I'm expecting other people to meet all of my needs, there's a little there's a little tell, telltale warning sign that's, that's going to that's gonna come on. You know what it is? It's called anger. It, it, it's anger toward that person. It's frustration. And it's maybe that you're expecting that person to meet something that only God can meet. You know, uh, and you're asking something of someone else that they could never do. So ask God. Talk to God about it. And then number three, analyze the problem. Analyze the problem. Let me, let me explain what I'm talking about here. You need to ask yourself this. How much of this is my fault? Okay? Now, before you go and you start accusing and blaming and, ta and attacking, and I think even talking about the problem, Jesus says, check yourself first. Am I the problem? Am I the cause? Is there a blind spot in my life? In fact, Matthew 7, 3 says this. Listen, why then do you look at the speck in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the log in your own eye? 
Take the log out of your own eye first, and then you'll be able to see and take the speck out of your brother's eye. He's saying, listen, when there's a conflict, before you start getting the sawdust out of your husband's eye or your wife's eye, you get the telephone pole out of your own eye. Ask yourself, am I being demanding? Am I being unrealistic? Am I being oversensitive? Uh, Am I impatient? Am I insensitive? Now, I realize some of you are here this morning and you're going, yeah, but Pastor Chris, my wife really is the problem. You know, my husband, it's him. It's his fault. There's no such thing as a one-person problem in a family. Family problems are not just his problem or her problem. They are our problem. Because it's a, you're a family. If there's a problem, it's our problem. First, First John 1 John 1.8 says, If we say we've not sinned, then we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. At the very least, you can admit you are a selfish sinner. And so just be honest about that. Nobody is perfect. We all do dumb things, okay? So follow this, okay? Way before you have actually ever talked about it, number, you know, you've done these three things first. You've, you've given your life to Christ. You know, you have the Holy Spirit. You know, you've talked to God about the problem. You've made sure, you know, that, that you've analyzed it. What, what fault do I have? What, what part do I play? And then finally, number four, you schedule a peace conference, okay? And what I mean by that is just a face-to-face where you deal with it. Listen to me. Conflict is never going to be solved accidentally. It's not going to happen. It it is only done intentionally, deliberately. You don't drift into conflict resolution. So you schedule a time to sit down and face the issues. And I know some of you hate this so much. I mean, your spouse keeps saying, we need to talk about this. We need to talk about this. And you keep saying, I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to talk about this. The only way you're ever going to solve things is you got to talk it out. Now, let me give you some practical suggestions for this to work, though. Number one, choose the right time. The right time. Timing is important in conflict resolution. You know, don't drop a bomb on somebody and surprise them. How many of you would agree that the wrong timing in conflict resolution can lead to disaster, Right? You, you've experienced this. You know, maybe uh, a wife who works in the home has been planning all day long to unload this problem, this burden on her husband, and the moment he walks on the door, bam! Right? That's bad timing. Or the wife works all day long, picks up the kids, comes home, starts cleaning, gets the kids their homework, works on the dinner, and then you come home and you want to finish the argument that you started this morning. That's bad timing. You know, the, the best time is when you're both at your best, okay? So the right timing. Uh, Secondly, the right place. I'd suggest you you pick a neutral place. I'd suggest a place away from the children. Uh, I'd suggest you put down your telephone. Um, Somewhere where you're not going to be disturbed, where you can sit down and really deal with the issues. Let Let me make this suggestion too. Don't argue in bed, okay? Let's save that for other things, all right? I mean, like, eventually he's going to fall asleep anyway when you're making your main point, right? Okay, so, so don't do that, okay? Have a place where you say, hey, let's, let's go. Let's, let's go here. Let's get away. Let's talk about these issues. So the right timing, the right place, and then you've got to have the right heart. This is important. 
And this goes back to what I was saying before about just praying. You've got to get your own heart right. And you've actually got to come with a spirit of reconciliation. And this is important. Listen to this. A spirit of forgiveness. Not, not attacking each other, but attacking the issue. Okay, That we're on the same team here. We're not fixing blame. We're fixing the issue. That's a big difference. Okay? Number five. So before you ever meet for this peace conference, you need to have some ground rules. So establish these ground rules you know, beforehand. Okay? Look at Proverbs 11.29 with me. The fool who provokes his family to anger and resentment will finally have what? Nothing. Nothing worthwhile left. Now, to avoid that from happening, let me... Uh, let me give you some ground rules. Let's talk about ground rules for a second. How many, how many of you remember, if you're old enough, you remember the peace treaties back in the Reagan you know, administration with the Soviet Union? Remember that during the Cold War? You know, some of you are my age or older. Basically what happened was that you know, both the United States and the Soviet Union would actually get together, right, in a neutral spot, and they would you know, decide to cut back on certain deadly weapons. Now think about that for a second. Soviet Union... United States, Cold War. Had the United States and the Soviet Union resolved all their conflict with each other? No, of course not. I mean, no way. I mean, they, they were, we were in major you know, disagreement over you know, philosophy and belief. But the point here is that even though we disagreed with our enemy, we could actually come to an agreement that certain weapons were going to be off limits. I think sometimes that needs to happen in our families where we can disagree and we can, you know, make points and we can have conflict and where at the same time we can say, yes, we have these major differences, but there are certain deadly weapons that are out of bounds. We're not going to use them in our family. You know, we're going to have an agreement here that even when we disagree, that there are certain things that, that are going to provoke anger and resentment, and we're not going to use them. In fact, let me give you some, some rules for fighting fair, okay, in your marriage or in, in family conflict. They all start with the letter C. I've given you these before in the past, but this is important. Every one of these things, okay, every one of them, we've all done. So elbows are off limits during this section, okay? You can smack each other. No, I'm just saying, don't do anything. Just, just listen. Take some notes, okay? Because we all have conflict in our family. Number one, never compare. Never compare. Don't say, you're just like your mother, okay? You're just like your father. Don't do that. Don't say, why can't you be like Pastor Chris? No, don't do that, okay? <laughs> you don't live my life if you use that one, okay? Because that's a bad, bad example. Don't do that. Okay? I mean, don't, don't compare anybody to anybody. It's unfair to compare. That should be off limits. Number two, never condemn. Never condemn. Don't use phrases like, you always, you never. You know, start statements with I. I need this from you. I felt this way. Um, by the way, when someone says, I feel it, just accept it as legitimate. You might not understand it. You know, don't say, well, you shouldn't feel that way. Don't do that. If they feel it, accept it. It doesn't mean you agree with it. Okay? Just accept it. Never condemn. Number three, never command. 
Never command. This is where you just try to end the argument by force. Well, it's my way or the highway. Don't try to be a parent, you know, to your spouse. Okay? Now, a more subtle form of that is number four, or the next one, uh, never coerce. Coerce. Command is, is overtly forceful. Coerce is a little more manipulative. Okay? A lot of times we'll use uh, guilt or pressure. It's, it's a little more uh, covert. Stereotypically, this is not always the case, but stereotypically men try to command and women tend to coerce. Uh, sometimes crying can be a good form of coercion, okay, to get your way. That, that's not good either. Number five, uh, the next one, don't criticize. A, a, a good argument, a fair fight, whatever you want to call this, should not digress into a shouting match of he said, he, you know, she said, or he did, she did. What, what I'm describing here is just a negative fault-finding spirit where you just have this critical you know, spirit. It, it's your, your spouse maybe is working really hard in nine areas, but they got this one area that he or she is not really measuring up, and then that's all you can see is that one area. Um, Ephesians 4.29 says, Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it might benefit those who listen. Okay? The next one, never clam up. Never clam up. This is where you just shut down. You know, you, you get to a certain point in the discussion and you just decide, well, that's enough, and you literally just walk away. Now, Granted, sometimes that might be because the other person's not been doing, you know, one through five. They've not been fighting fair. And you feel like that's your only uh, recourse. But sometimes, some of you, that's your go-to thing. You just shut down and you won't put in the hard work to see this through. And that's not healthy. Nothing ever gets resolved that way. Uh, The next one. Never conceal. Never conceal. I'm talking about truth here. You know, healthy relationships are built on uh, truth, trust, transparency. Uh, Ephesians 4, again, 25 through 27 says, Stop lying to each other. Tell the truth. For we are parts of each other. When we lie to each other, we're hurting ourselves. If you're angry, don't sin by nursing your grudge. Don't let the sun go down while you're still, uh, when you're still angry. Get over it quickly, for when you're angry, you're giving a mighty foothold to the devil. You know, maybe, maybe the conflict's not going to be completely solved in a day. But let me tell you this, this is important. If you're in the middle of an argument, you know, you're trying to work through an issue, uh, uh, you're having a fight, before you go to bed, you look at each other in the eye, and you say, I'm committed to you. I love you, and we're going we're gonna to get through this. We're going we're gonna to see this to, to the other side. And it might take a couple of days. It might take a while. But this is important. You're important. And we're in it together for the long haul. Like, that's what I'm talking about. I think that's what it means when it says, you know, don't go to bed. Don't let the sun go down when you're angry. It doesn't mean you're going to solve everything in one night. Of course not. But if you don't make that kind of commitment to one another then you are giving exactly what he says here. You're giving the devil a foothold. He is putting a wedge. Listen, don't you know John 10, 10, it's like our theme verse here at Coastal, right? Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. 
And, but before that, he says, but the evil one, Satan, comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And he's wanting to do that to your marriage. He's wanting to do that in your family. And if you can't look your children in the eye, if you can't look your, your spouse in the eye and say, I love you, I'm committed to you, we're going to figure this one out, we're going to work on it some more, like then you've got a problem. And you're allowing Satan to get in there and just put a wedge of doubt in your family that y'all are committed to one another, and you're going to see this through. So establish these ground rules. Again, the object is not for you to win. The object is for us to solve this together. See, that's a huge shift. That's a big difference between, you know, who's going to win this fight to we've got a problem, we're going to solve this together. Number six, switch sides. Look at this verse. I love this verse, Philippians 2, 4, and 5. Switch sides. Each of you should look not only to your own interest, but to the interest of others. Your attitude should be that the same as Christ Jesus. Now, when God decided to solve the problem uh, of the separation between himself uh, and, and all of us, what did he do? He does, he became a man. He became one of us in the person of Christ. You see, now he understands us. He knows where we're coming from. He came to the earth. He switched sides. You see, what I'm saying is don't stop with number three where you just try to analyze the problem. You, you take it to the next step and you go, why do they feel this way? How can I step into their shoes and just begin to see it from their perspective? Uh, another way to put this is you can't be understood until you try to be understanding. And Paul says, we are to look out for other people. We're to put them first. That's what Jesus did for you. you you're never, ever, ever going to resolve conflict in your family until you're willing to try to understand why does my husband act the way he does until you switch sides with your wife and you try to understand how she could feel that way. Now, let me tell you what I'm not saying. I'm not telling you to condone behavior. But what, I'm, what I am saying is you can't begin to solve a problem until you begin to understand it. And many times you can't understand it until you're willing to see where they're coming from. Okay? And so that's what I mean when I say switch sides. Number seven. And this is a difficult one for a lot of people. Ask for help. Ask for help. Seek out wise Christian counsel and ask for help in resolving the conflict. Look at these two verses with me. Proverbs, from Proverbs 15. Conceited people don't like to be corrected. They never ask for advice from those who are wiser. If you refuse to learn, you are what? What's it say? Hurting yourself. Wise people, smart people, ask for advice. I think that's actually a sign of maturity. It's a sign of being a leader, not... not not weakness. It takes mature people to admit, hey, we got a problem, and then they seek out wise Christian counsel. You know, again, a leader, a mature person is not having it all together, but it's knowing where you don't and having a willingness to open yourself up to help. Now, the key, obviously, is to ask help from, from those who are a little bit more mature and wise, who can speak, who are strong enough to speak the truth and love to you. You see, here's, here's the problem, though. We, we all have this keen ability to seek out other people who we know really won't tell us the truth, who are less mature than us, and who really just want to tell us what we want to hear. Okay? 
you know, what we really want is for somebody to console us, not to counsel us. You know, we, we want someone to say, it's okay. You know, by the way, sometimes, listen to me, sometimes the worst people to go to for advice are your parents. Um, not all the time. Christopher, you can come to me, okay? Anyway, no. <laughs> but sometimes, because, here, here it is. You go to your mom, you go to your dad, and they just want you happy. They just want you happy. And if you're hurting, and it's hard, and it's difficult, they have a hard time with that, and they just tell you what you want to hear. And many times it's just, get out. Get out now. You know, um, if Christopher comes to me, I'm going to say, son, it's your fault. You know, get over it. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, um, you know, but you need to find someone who's going to speak the truth to you um, in love. I've actually heard an alcoholic ask another alcoholic about his drinking and the denial of his family problems, and this was his advice. Well, if you don't think you have a problem, you don't have a problem, <laughs> you know? And that's exactly what they wanted to hear. You need to find someone. You know, I, I, tell, I tell every couple that I meet with, and I look them both in the eye and I'll say, I'm not on your side. I'm not on your side. I'm on the side of your marriage. And you need to find someone who can, who can do that with you. Finally, number eight. And I want to close with this. Don't give up. Don't give up. We basically live in a world of quitters as far as the family is concerned today. And we are told when conflict comes just to leave, to give up, get out. I never really loved him in the first place. I just, you know, I just don't have any feelings for her. We grew apart. I'm not happy. I got to look out for me. I hear that garbage on a weekly basis. And they are said many times with no regard to the consequences of, to each other, to the children, what it'll do to themselves, emotionally, spiritually. Love has become nothing more than a feeling in our world today. And, and we wonder what's happening to our kids and to the world around us. Listen to me. Feelings come and go. God's love is not based on a feeling. God's love is unconditional. It is a choice. It is a commitment. Listen, aren't you glad that God doesn't give up on you? And you need to hear that today, by the way. He's not giving up on you. No matter where you are, no matter what you've done, God loves you. Galatians 6, 9, don't become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, you'll reap a harvest if you don't give up. Paul is saying, when conflict comes, and it's going to come, it will. It's a storm we're all going to face. Don't give up. Is it difficult when it comes? Yes. Is it draining? Is it tiring doing these steps of conflict resolution? You bet it is. But at the right time, if you don't give up doing this, listen, what's true, this verse is true of your family. You will reap a wonderful, wonderful harvest. And so many of you here today could stand up and give a testimony to that, that at one point your marriage was difficult, that at one time your family life was miserable, and, and your basic philosophy was, you know, if you love something, let it go. If it doesn't return, then you track it down and kill it. That was basically, 
your, your philosophy of relationships. It was that bad. But you didn't give up. You both, and, I, and, and there's no doubt, listen to me, and I don't want to heap you know, guilt or shame on anybody, because I do know this is the key. Both of you, all of you, you sought help, you worked at it, and, and you began to put into practice some of the stuff that we're talking about today. And now, you're reaping a harvest. You know what, let me tell you something else. Maybe you didn't grow up in a family like that. M- m- many of us did not. But you could start something new, something beautiful. You know, to, to reap a harvest, it's not just a matter of not giving up or hanging in there, though. You've got to make the choice to solve it God's way. You've got to commit your life and your family to Christ. And you've got to talk to God about your problems. You've got to analyze, you know, you know, your part in it. You've got to schedule it. You've got to have some ground rules. You've got to switch sides. All these things. Ask Ask for help from, from godly people and finally don't give up. And if everybody, if everybody in your family could do that, I promise you, I promise you, not that you'll never have a storm, not that you'll never have a conflict, because you will, but I promise you, you can resolve it. And I promise you, you can grow from it. And I promise you, you can stand unshakable. So don't give up. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.